miss that, man. I'll say that right now. Uh, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of On the Power Play. It's me, your boy Brian. Always joined. Actually, not. Not always joined. I am now uh, newly and more consistently joined by my co-host, Matthew Fisher. Uh, as yeah. we talked about last week, uh, Adam is going to be kind of on a, uh, a week-by-week basis almost as to when he can make it. Due to him getting a second job, you will notice hopping on the uh, baseball train. You hop on the baseball train. Uh, the, you know, Rail Riders are the AAA team of the New York Yankees, so that's not super cool. But whatever. Uh, the job that he has <laughs> is super cool, and we're we're really proud of what he's what he's doing with his career moving forward. Um, he is still going to be our head of social media. If you want to give him some sort of official title, uh, thank God, because Matt and I can't do that kind of stuff. Uh, he's the, he's, he's really... the engine. He's the engine of on the power play and he always will be let's be realistic he gets us most of our listeners with what he does on social media we barely do any of the fucking work we (laughs) would not be anywhere close without mr adam creighton he is the engine that runs on the power play he is he is his power we have we have 2500 and counting listens mostly because of what that man does so we appreciate the heck out of him and he will he will still be around like he's, he's not gone by any means um, but, uh, also you'll notice we talked about last week, we're going to be changing the day that we're recording. So today is pretty much our last Tuesday, uh, recording. We're going to move to Wednesday recordings and then Thursday releases instead of our Tuesday recordings, Wednesday releases that is flexible though. So don't, don't get too reliant on that. That's probably going to be that way through the playoffs and then like through Jonathan the summer. quick, flexible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we're going to, we're going to have pretty, uh, pretty flexible schedule, all things considered. Um, but this is kind of how things are going to go moving forward. So, uh, you know, it, it is a change. Yes. Um, I wouldn't, you know, call it uh, the most welcome change because we're going to we're going to miss Adam a bunch. But yeah, that sometimes is how it goes. But uh, Matt, how are you doing, buddy? You're here. You're ready to party. Eh, I've been better, but I'm still good, man. I've been enjoying the, the Stanley Cup playoffs. I got a birthday coming up on Saturday, which I'm really excited about. You know, going down to watch the fighting Phils take on the Boston Red Sox, who, uh, you know, big, big, uh, big Boston talk coming into, uh, big Boston talk. I mean, Sixers are playing the Celtics in the second round. Uh, we're about to talk about what just happened with the President's Trophy winning Boston Bruins. The not Uh, just the President's Trophy winning, but the record breaking, uh, regular season wins Boston Bruins. (laughs) <laughs> yes we'll yes about. but uh yeah i'm really excited for saturday you know turning 27 dude i'm at a 27 is at that age dude it's like fucking old man yeah, it's like you. we were it's like just a blink of an eye it's like oh man where it's like we're starting to like see like athletes be the same age as us and get drafted and whatever now or it's a like, lot younger yeah now it's like the Grizzly vets in the NHL are our age. And that's just like cool. Yeah, you have 27-year-old captains in the league, uh, right, right about now. If they and younger captains in the league. Right. Uh, it, it is weird getting older that way, specifically when you talk about it through the lens of being a fan of sports. It's very strange cheering on and like fully supporting and almost idolizing people who are younger than you. It's a strange thing, strange little concept. <laughs> I've never let it bother me though so far. Uh, it at some people it just bothers the heck out of. I've never really put that much thought into it. It's just sports are entertainment that you're supposed to be able to immerse yourself in, and that's how I view it. So people that get butt hurt about all that just don't watch sports. Then if you think that there should be age restrictions on sports, then don't watch them, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's just like. You know, it's like you grow up thinking it's like, man, these these athletes are old. It's like, look at them. It's like now it's just like, wow. It's like if I were playing in this sport, I chances are I'd be a grizzly veteran and not a young player. And that's like mind blowing. Not just that, but like you'd be in the middle of, if not the back end of your prime. Like your rookie years are over. Your emergence is over. You are who you are as a player. By this age, in, well, young, in players most are, young players are looking towards you as an example. It's like, whoa, whoa, 
It's very strange. But, very strange to think about. Yeah, isn't but, uh, I'm pretty sure Travis Konechny, uh, for those of the Flyers fans who can connect with this emotionally, TK is I believe 27. If I'm not, I think he's mistaken. No, he just turned uh, 25. I think. No, pretty sure he just turned. No, he's 26. 25. I'm 26. He's 26, he's 26 yeah. years old. Travis Konechny are the same age. And right. TK is one of the leaders on the Flyers and has been around the league for a while, has a, has some, has his all-star games, has his uh, good seasons and bad seasons. Like, he is who he is as a player now. And that's just, like, a solidified fact. That's TK. He's no longer this up-and-coming superstar who's flashing, you know, goals left and right anymore. He just is who he is now, which is just wild to think about that uh, that is what it is. But... Yes, Matthew Fisher's birthday on Saturday. So everybody wish him a happy birthday uh, when the day comes. If you're at the Phillies game and you see him, wish him a happy birthday uh, for uh, all you fans out there of On the Power Play. But as we are a hockey podcast, there was hockey that happened. Boy, was there hockey that happened. The first round has been decided as we record. The second round has gotten underway as Florida and Toronto are playing right now. And tonight's nightcap of Seattle and Dallas will be happening at about 930. Um, but the first round has completed last. Was it last night or two nights ago? I think two nights ago was uh, the last games. Last night was the last game. Last night was the last. Oh, right. Yes. Last Devils night was the last Rangers. games. Uh, Devils Rangers decided it all for the first round. And look. I, I don't like, obviously, a playoff that involves the Philadelphia Flyers. I would enjoy more, of course. But if there were to be a playoff where the, the Philadelphia Flyers were not involved, that I would enjoy the most. So far, this has absolutely been that. Now, is it because a lot of teams that I very much dislike got shit on? Yeah, possibly. Possibly. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. Everybody knows my opinions of the Boston Bruins and we'll get into that. But the series, all of them in the first round, other than ma- like maybe the Dallas and Minnesota series, I wasn't super involved with, but the rest of the series were must watch, you know, on the edge of your seat hockey. And a bunch of them went to seven games. Um, and, and a lot of them were just really intense, good hockey. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of stuff that, you know, we like to promote. The league likes to promote. League and, loves. Yeah. And there were definitely some disparities in skill levels of the teams that made it, but it didn't matter. I mean, we're going to talk about the very obvious one, but, you know, even the uh, even the other series where it was a higher seed against a much lower seed were still competitive and fun to watch. So this first round is probably, if we're going to talk about, again, playoffs, years where the flyers were involved by far my favorite so far how how do you feel about the first round did you love it did you hate it did you think it was good hockey did you have problems with it what were your opinions on the first round no it was really good hockey man i'm pretty sure they were like 14 games that went to overtime the first it was something round. crazy like that yeah it's and like most of them were won by road teams um it was really good uh the storylines are great um no team really got handled. I think uh, if you you know talk to Winnipeg's head coach, that he thinks their team got handled. But you know they only they, I think they lost. They won two games, right? Yeah, um, yeah, they won two games. Winnipeg, Vegas, was Vegas and six. Yes, so they, they won, won two games. games. Yeah. So every game was close, and it's like, man, you look at the other other playoffs that's going on in the NBA, the first round of the NBA is just, it's a joke, dude. There's yeah. not really any competitive series at all. And, but in the NHL, it's like every single one has storylines out the wazoo, mm-hmm. out the wazoo. Yeah. And it's just such good content. And I can't wait to fucking talk about it, dude. Cause it was, I mean, I, you know me, I love being wrong. Of how much I, I I am right on this. I love being wrong, and I can't believe I was wrong on some of these things, especially, especially, especially the Boston <laughs> Bruins, because nobody saw that coming. 
Yeah, no, nobody saw that coming. Uh, we're, that's probably the first series we're going to talk about. But just one more note on the whole first round as a whole. I just want to get into the kind of the numbers here. So as far as teams that are still left in the playoffs, those teams being Toronto, Edmonton, Dallas, um, New Jersey, Carolina, Seattle, Vegas, and Florida. Yes. The most recent Stanley Cup winner out of those franchises was 2006 when the Carolina Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup. And that their means... captain at the time is now their head coach. Exactly what I was going to bring up. We were talking about how time flies, the age thing. The captain of that Stanley Cup winning team is now the head coach of the current Carolina Hurricanes team. How the world works is sometimes a mysterious yet lovely thing. And what's very cool about this, and I was talking to Matt about this off off uh, mic, but what's very cool about this and something that I've, you know, in the last couple of years, specifically with the with the Tampa Bay regime, has become a little, a little bit of a problem with me and has irked me a little bit is the, you know, the teams that are always going to make it, the ones who are always going to be good. They're always going to go for a deep run. They're always probably going to win the cup because they're just that good. It annoys the shit out of me because one of my favorite things about hockey throughout history is anybody can win it at any time. That's not that's not always the truth in many other professional sports. It wasn't looking the case. I mean, the past three years. I mean, last year especially the Presidents' tro- uh, the uh, Colorado Avalanche. I don't think they won the Presidents' Trophy, but you know they were the best team in the West, and they were the most they were the favorite to win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the year. Yeah, and they won the Stanley Cup, and yeah, it's like. Uh, you know, what's the point of watching, right? Yeah, um, exactly. And and that's and that's the that's kind of the thing that I am super excited about these playoffs for is that the big dogs did get knocked off. Two division winners knocked off. There's only two out of four division winners still left in this thing, and the two that got knocked off were the two that I think a lot of people, maybe people that don't like follow hockey as closely as we do, but a lot of people who are like casual hockey fans. That was probably their Stanley Cup final in a lot of cases, I would say, was probably Colorado-Boston. I think that would be the case a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both of them are done. And we'll get into that. We're going to start in the East, and we are going to start with the Boston Bruins, Florida Panthers, uh, Panthers the Florida Panthers. Uh, Florida like Panthers. a Bostonian in Boston. I know. Brian. The, <laughs> the Florida Panthers. This series. Wow. Even last week, last week on this very podcast, we were talking about how, hey, the Florida Panthers, they're a feisty team. They're fun to watch. They're fast. They they can get scrappy, and that's really fun. But there's no way they win this series. Seven days have transpired, Matthew. And the Florida Panthers not only proved us wrong, but proved us wrong in resounding, dramatic fashion over time. Game seven, what you always think about when you're in your driveway when you're a kid shooting a tennis ball into a net made of PVC pipes. Carter Verhage tucks one home, sending the Florida Panthers into the second round, beating the record-breaking regular season numbers Boston Bruins, the arguably and already titled quote-unquote greatest team ever to exist, didn't even make it to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Matt, your initial reaction when you saw that Carter Verhage goal go into the net as you watched the Florida Panthers celebrate and the Boston faithful and the Boston Bruins stand around staring at each other. I'm, I'm going to go one before that. The game tie, the game tying goal by Brandon Montour. Oh, yeah. Scored his, I think fourth goal of playoffs. Something I, like I'm, that. I'm like, oh, my goodness. It's like, they just have no answer for this guy. And I, that's when you know, I'm like, dude, there's no way Boston's scoring this overtime game winning goal, dude. Like, no way. No way. Um, I was unbelievably shocked because, you know, I, I had Boston sweeping on me. I mean, um, where I draw my line in the sand of what really happened, it's the goaltending, man. It's the goaltending just took a massive dump. Mm-hmm. And it it's sad because like Olmark had such a great year, but then come game five, it was just really not good, dude. It's right. like from that overtime from that overtime 
game-winning goal by Matthew Kachuk where he where uh, Olmark fumbled the puck on the in the goal line or on, on the goal crease, and then Matthew Kachuk just took it back, took a backhand to it. Um, I'm just what I really was surprised just watching it is just how fucking strong Florida's back end is. Like mm-hmm. their back end. Are so tough to get pucks behind, like so tough to actually make plays on. And then when they get in the offensive zone, it's like, you know, they're they're able to pass along the blue line. They're able to not get the puck behind them. It's they're insanely good. And I, I remember saying in the group chat, our group chat, I said, I don't know what Buffalo got for Brandon Montour. Not but enough. It, it's <laughs> definitely not enough, dude. It is yeah. definitely not enough. Uh, he has been unbelievable. Um, right. And it's just crazy to see how just a team that's just believes, believed, only one, only team to really believe, like only group to really believe, because no one else did. And it was led by Matthew Kachuk, Brandon Montour. And then it really started when Sergei Bobrovsky came in, because, you know, Alex Lyon wasn't cutting in anymore. So Bobrovsky came in. He has the record of, uh, you know, as the Columbus Blue Jackets beating the unbelievable team that Tampa had in the first round in the bubble. So it just kind of meshed perfectly. And then it really was just like you look at, like, what happens. Like, how did this really happen? It's like these moments. Like, Brad Marchand had a breakaway in game five in the closing seconds. And stoned. And got stoned by Bobrovsky. And it's just, like, unbelievable. Like, all these moments, and they're just, like, like as, like, Florida's celebrating the win, like, you see, like, Marshan on his knees. I know you probably, like, really enjoyed that. But, like, enjoyed it's just, it, like, yeah. Yeah. You, you better believe he's probably thinking, it's like, dude, if I just go backhand or, you know, do something other. But, like, yeah, that's hockey, man. It's, it's all fast. But, like, wow, what a series. What a performance. Uh momentum is everything in the Stanley Cup playoffs and boy does the Florida Panthers now have yeah an enormous amount of momentum going into this next series oh yeah and yeah right now the Florida Panthers they I mean they just played giant killer right like they've Sergey Bobrovsky's not new to this he did it to Tampa Bay and he's done it to Boston now um this isn't this isn't news to him but as far as the rest of this Panthers team they have incredible momentum going into this uh, not to, not just to talk about the uh, the Kachuk and Montour, you know, taking control, but I want to I want to cycle back to what you said about their back end. What's funny is with most of the season, what you noticed about the Panthers was the back end wasn't as good as it was the year before. The reason Absolutely. that they were so good in 2022 was that back end, and in 2023, it seemed, you know, it like it wasn't existent anymore. Aaron Ekblad was having one hell of a struggle for the season right and now the playoffs happen this last season or this last he's this last series i would argue aaron ekblad was the shining star defensively in that series um from what he was doing in the back end what he was creating in the offensive zone he was making stuff happen that he hadn't done basically all year i don't know what switch turned on in his brain or where you know found everything again it was brooks kepka calling him a pylon Yes, it was the Bruce Kepka <laughs> video where he's calling Aaron Ekblad a pylon. V- yes, yes. For those of you that like golf and hockey at the same time, you'll know exactly what we're talking about because it's very funny. Dave, did you hear what Aaron Ekblad said after that? He's like, I, I do not know that guy. I we are not friends. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's the only way you can. It's, that's the only way you can play. You, can, you can't, like, defend yourself and be like, I'm not a pylon. I'm not a fucking pylon. Yeah, like, right? He's got to be like, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, but, I mean, the, just the way that Florida played in that first series, the way they were able to, you know, they didn't take it to the Bruins the whole series, right? It went seven games. The Bruins looked like they had this in hand seven days ago, like we said. And then Florida turned it around and came back from three uh, from two games down in a three one series to win it, win the rest of the four games in that series or the the three games in that series. Just the ability that they had to continue to battle, continue to fight, and take it to one of the largest powerhouses the NHL has seen basically since the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
Um, able to take them down in round one is incredible. And as we speak, they're beating the, the Toronto Maple Leafs 2-1 in Toronto. They have that kind of innate ability to, I don't I guess not they, but Sergei Bobrovsky apparently has this innate ability to just beat the best teams in the league year in and year out when it comes to the playoffs. I don't know what it is, but I guess my follow-up question to you would be, is this going to be another Tampa Bay situation? Is it they lose in the first round and then they win like three cups in a row? Where do you see the Boston Bru- this Boston Bruins team in that kind of uh, scope? Um, it's tough, man, because it really does look like this is the end for Bergeron and Krejci. Um, so that's kind of like where I think their heads are at. It's like, man, this w- this run was for these players. Right, like these players making their last run, and now it's like, I mean, I I'm pretty sure their decisions was made before the playoffs started. So I don't think, I don't think that their results are going to change the decision of whether they're going to stay or not. Um, right. So I think that's kind of tough. Dude, I, I mean, I I won't say I won't go along the line and be like they're definitely going to miss the playoffs because last year I was like. Boston doesn't look like they'll make it. Then look what happened. Um, so I think it's just kind of uh, it's too early to be like, what next? Because it's like, wow, what could have been? Yeah, I mean, you really have to look at it like that. Um, I mean, maybe not for me because I enjoyed every second of it. Um, but you do have to look at that uh, in the scope of you're right. That was their kind of final hurrah with some of the, the, you know, guys on that team to try and get it done one more time. We'll see how it goes with Boston fans. It's like, they're so spoiled with all those championships that when shit like this happens, they're like the first ones to hop on the making fun bandwagon. Cause like I saw from like Dave Portnoy just being like, biggest choke job you'll ever fucking see from a Boston team. And they're just like, like their expectations are so high. It's not like, Oh, we're just going to, you know, ride with them because we love them. It's like, no, they fucking wanted a championship and they they didn't even come close. And now it's time to make fun of them. And it's like, it's, it's fucking, it's a tough town, man. It is. It's a, it's a tough town to not be successful in because of the success that they expect from their franchises. So um, we'll definitely see how they move uh, in the off season to see if they bolster or if they start kind of moving some things around. I'm not quite sure. I think they're probably just going to double down and acquire um, because that's kind of just the way that they, they function as a franchise most of the time, but we'll see how that goes Um, to keep moving forward here. That was obviously one of the bigger storylines out of the East, but not the only big storyline out of the East as they have finally done it, Matt. The Toronto Maple Leafs have found themselves in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, knocking off the Tampa Bay Lightning two-time back to, well, I guess two-time doing it in back-to-back fashion Stanley Cup winner and was in the Stanley Cup last year against the Colorado Avalanche. So three times in a row, they made the Stanley Cup Finals. That forced that fourth time here, it looked like the gas finally ran out on the old wagon. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning losing in seven against Toronto. Um, so I guess the question for this series, right? Especially with the two teams that played each other here, right? You have the Toronto Maple Leafs who haven't won a playoff series since 2004, breaking that streak. You have the the Tampa Bay Lightning who have gone to three Stanley Cups in a row. Do you think the Toronto Maple Leafs won this series, or do you think the Tampa Bay Lightning lost this series? Well, I think I think Toronto won it. I mean, they they were able to even when they got outplayed to never really be out of a game. Mm -hmm. Um, I think their acquisitions that Kyle Dubas brought in during the trade deadline truly made the biggest impact. I eat Ryan O'Reilly, uh, freaking Luke Shen, yeah. you know, all those guys really were the difference makers. Um, not to mention when it came down to that overtime, the Toronto childhood, you know, yeah, childhood it was, it was John Tavares. Yeah. Tavares the beautiful thing. All. Um, so I think Toronto won it, you know, it's, I don't think you can really 
like point fingers and be like Tampa lost it because you know they they outplayed them just mostly a lot most most of the series. Yeah, but um, yeah, Toronto won this won the series. Um, you would have thought the cup would have been presented to them right then and there. <laughs> but, without, uh, they were, without they were celebrating, you would think that they did win the cup. Right. Um. So, which makes me ick because I've also seen that shit before. Um, when the when the Flyers beat the Penguins in the first round and back in 2012, I was I was at the clincher and man, you would have thought that the Stanley Cup was coming out because the whole crowd was just going wild. So, but um, as as far as this series, like, like you just saw, fucking some really good veteran players like Tavares, you know, Marner, like the your star player in the playoffs, your star players need to be your star players. If they're not, you're not gonna win. It's yes. point blank period. Yep. Point blank period. And they they were like Matthews is you know did what he needed to do. O'Reilly was the clutch factor. Marner fucking is just point producer. Like unbelievable. And then they they got the good enough goaltending by Samson off. So I think, you know, Toronto won the series rather than Tampa lost. Right. I, and I'm inclined to agree with you there. I just, that's something that I saw kind of uh, trending on Twitter a little bit after it, uh, the day it's after. It's not like they people... blew a 3-1 right. lead like Boston did. I yeah. mean, it, was a, it was a heavyweight series. Like, it was yeah. back and forth. I agree. I think I think the stars on both teams did their jobs. It's just I really think that there was there could be a case argued that Tampa Bay just ran out of gas, man. They've Bass, played a Bassie lot ran. of hockey the last four years, right? Bass, Vasilevsky ran out of gas. He Vasilevsky bad just goals. he's tapped, man. He's played every playoff minute for this team. He's played a majority of the regular season minutes. This year he didn't miss a single start. Like this is the kind of stuff where you start to kind of understand where teams are coming from when they want to do a two goaltender system. When a goaltender of that caliber, somebody who's basically a world beater has done it before runs out of gas, they become normal. And that showed and, and uh, Toronto took advantage of it. It can happen to, to anybody, even the Tampa Bay lightning. So I would argue that, yes, Tampa Bay did run out of gas, but Toronto did bear down. Their stars were their stars, and they won that series fair and square, and good on them. However, I guess we'll go back to it since you already kind of talked about it, but how did you feel about the uh, the fan bases and the team's uh, celebration uh, after getting a first-round win and their first playoff series win since 2004? You're starting to see why I don't really like Toronto at all. Right, I'm getting like some glimpses. I'm there's, there's some gleams in there. There's gleams. There's gleams. Yeah. I can um, see things. Life's better when Toronto's not good. Like, let's be real here. Like, damn, going that come far. On. Come on, the Toronto Blue Jays hit a walk-off home run against the Phillies in '93. And yeah, yes, but that's it was a before totally we were born. Sport, man. But I wasn't even born series. in '90. Yeah, 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 it's I the know. same town. It's the same town, and we could go even. Earlier, when the Toronto Raptors beat the Sixers on a walk-off three-pointer by Kawhi Leonard, the whole city went fucking wild. It's like, man, fuck this town, dude. Fuck this town. <laughs> fuck this town. Well, and you have the Maple Leafs and Flyers from the early 2000s. That was That's something as well. Oh, that was a war, dude. I hated Darcy Tucker. Yeah. I hated Ty Domi. It's not hard to hate Ty Domi though. Let's let's just make the just no. It's no. It's weird. I actually fucking love Ty Domi right now. He is like one of the funnest people to follow on social media. He is a genuine dope dude. Dude, post career, love Ty Domi. Oh yeah, post, in post career? career, fuck you. Hey, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But arguably, you could argue those are some of the best hockey players. The ones that are like that, where you know, on the ice you hate them, but off the ice they're you know good genuine dudes. I digress, though. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see why you, you have some, some beef with Toronto. I kind of get that, but you gotta feel good for the fan base, though. Like, especially in that town, when it comes to hockey, hockey's everything. Yes, they enjoy their basketball. Yes, they enjoy their baseball. But let's uh, Toronto. The Toronto Blue Jays are Canada's team because they're the only baseball team in Canada. The Toronto Raptors. Uh, everybody only cares when they're good. 
Um, and so They're not hockey, good often. hockey reigns true in Toronto, whether the team's good or bad. And they've been through it for the last almost two decades. They have been through the ringer and they're finally in the second round. Um, so I do feel good for the fan base. However, let's not count our chickens before they hatch uh, because the celebration that was going on in the locker room, I think is the one that bothered me the most. Cause I get the fan base's reaction. I understand yeah. the fan base being very excited. Totally Especially when most that. of the fan base is watching on the street, right. you know? Yes, I, I completely understand that. The celebration that happened in the locker room. I didn't see that. I mean, the the water was bottle. Was champagne? Was it no, champagne? no, they no. didn't, they didn't yeah. go that far. They didn't go that far. Um, but, they, you know, they were, they were truly celebrating like they had won the Cup or they had won the Eastern Conference, you know, and... That kind of stuff, that kind of stuff happens in in baseball and in in basketball and in other sports. In hockey, that is not the status quo. You do not celebrate like that after you won a series because you have two more to go and you have better opponents to face. You got to put your head down. You got to keep moving forward. Um, so that kind of bothered me a little bit. I don't know. It might just be a me thing. I don't. Yeah. What do you think about that? Like where a team celebrates yeah. really hard. Nothing would make me happier. Nothing would make me happier if the Florida Panthers swept them out of the playoffs, dude. Nothing would make me happier. Yeah, I'm just I'm deciding how I want to play. And playoffs are gonna go how they want to go, but there are teams that are still in here that I really, really hate, and yeah. I just don't want to see them go any further. Like, I hear you. I hear you. Want to, but then Toronto, even though the Devils are in my division and they're technically my rival. I don't want to see Toronto even come fucking close. No, no. Hey, all right. I, I, I understand. No. Beef. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how yes. it goes. Uh, yes. To keep moving forward in the East, this is uh this next series is pretty much, uh, you know, bing, bang, boom. We can kind of go over uh, Carolina Hurricanes, New York Islanders. Uh, the Islanders just got outplayed. Uh, there was clearly the better team here. And the Islanders did put up a fight. You have to give it to them. They took the battle to Carolina. They made it a series a little bit, uh, but Carolina prevailing in six and just clearly being the better of the two teams. Um, that's basically my whole synopsis on that series. I don't know if you have any more to to get out of that. It's just I, I watched most of the games, and that's really all my takeaway was. But how can you honestly call Ilya Sorokin the quote-unquote best goalie in the league and he lets in an overtime goal like that? And it's like, just like, like, come on, bro. It's, right, right. It's a sour taste. It's, it's clearly, such a sour taste. It's clearly obvious that if you're going to talk about the best goalie in New York, it in in obviously neither of them made it out of the first round, but it is Igor Shosturkin. It just is. He's leaps and bounds better than Ilya Sorokin. I don't care. I don't care who you are or what arguments you have, stats. I don't care. When you watch the product out there, Igor has it. Ilya does not. You know, it's cut and dry in my mind. Yeah, it's it. It was ill taste. Um, boy, I I can't believe how bad of a power play the New York Islanders have. Like, it's brutal. I, it is so bad, and I don't get it because it's like you got some play. You got you got pieces like you got. Good playmaker in Matt Barzell. You got a strong power for, front net presence, power forward in Anders Lee. You got a sniper in Brock Nelson. You added a sniper in Bo Horvat, who's a, and they still even can't come close to being a good power play, dude. It's unbelievable. And really, I think you have to you have to point at the defenseman. There's no one that can really take control and run that power play from the point. Yeah, your forwards are good but no one's really taking control and running it from the point as, you know, those two bad guys on, on the on power play. And that really goes to, I think probably what they're going to attack the most in the off season is finding that kind of offensive defenseman to pilot a, a power play, because you're right. That power play was brutal to watch. It was just, you, every time they wanted the power play, I was like, Oh, cool. The other team just won't have possession for a good chunk of two minutes. It's not like, not like New York's going to score, you know? I, like I said, I really think it's just a case of Carolina's a better team. 
they were just a better team. They looked better. They looked more in control. They looked like they knew what they were doing more. Uh, and, you know, New York, and now, all power to them, won two games, but just wasn't in it. And now with the Bruins and Rangers out, mm-hmm. it's like, ooh. Oh, I thought they were kind of dead in the water with all their injuries, man. They, they you might thought be coming so. out of the East. You thought so, but uh... – yeah, I guess we can move forward and and talk about that uh, Hudson River battle with the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers. The Devils last night prevailing in seven games. Yes, dominating Game Seven. Dominating Game Seven. Uh, you know, the with the four uh, nothing shutout win. So you're the Devils. You start the series off. You look like you're in the backseat. The New York Rangers are owning you, basically. You are ha- yeah, Vitek Vanacek looks like he is lost in the sauce, has no idea what's going on. You take the chance on your backup, the Swedish rookie, who I'm not quite uh, – did, did he log any minutes in the regular season? I don't think so. I don't think – no. I don't think he logged any minutes in the regular season. Let's take a look. But, like, as far as why they were able to come back, I mean, obviously the main stat of your star players need to be your star players. Jack Hughes did what he needed to do. Got mm-hmm. was a really good point producer. Eric Holla. Had, oh, my God. Eric Holla was a really Ooh. great point producer. You also had the playoff veteran, Andre Palat, do what he needed to do. And Tamu Meyer looked good. I mean, even after he got absolutely derailed by Jacob Truba in the middle there, he came back out, played some more. Their defense looked super stout. You know, Dougie Hamilton and that defensive system were working perfectly. Uh, looking at the stats now, uh, Akira Schmidt did have some uh, minutes logged in the regular season. 18 games played, um, a 9-5 and rec- a 9-5 and 2 record with a 2-13 goals against and a 9-22 save percentage. So he did have some time spent in the regular season, but definitely not as many minutes as Vitek Vanacek uh, logged for this team. So you take that choice, you go to the backup, and not only does he show you what he's capable of, but he does it in commanding fashion, um, going 4-1 and one in the playoffs, making, um, you know, uh, uh, going at the clip of uh, 138 goals against and a 951 save percentage. Two shutouts. Two in the playoffs, he had one in 18 games in the regular season. He had two shutouts in the playoffs, um, showing you How that pathetic, basically. Man. Yeah, and you want to talk oh. about being old? This kid was born in 2000. There's a two <laughs> in front of his birth year. Um, How pathetic. It's like you have, have a roster full of elite talent, and they get shot out twice in a series. Vladimir Tarasenko, Patrick Kane, Artemi Panarin, Mika Zibanejad. And Chris Kreider, Chris Kreider, and the quote-unquote best goalie in the league in Igor Shosturkin, and you can't get it done. You want to hear a pathetic stat? And I want to like this stat is pretty fucking pathetic. Sergey Bobrovsky has more points in the playoffs than Alex Lafreniere. Wrap your fucking oh, yeah. head around that. Bobrovsky has one that. point in this fucking playoffs alex lafreniere has zeros all down the board just zero 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 you want to talk about fucking invisible my goodness and don't don't get me wrong i feel like their coach probably did a factor because he they broke up their line when the veterans wasn't going but that's no excuse for a guy who was drafted number fucking one overall number one overall has zeros in the postseason. Not just <laughs> zeros, but like zeros in weird categories too, like plus minus zero. Um take away uh, like weighted takeaway um ability. Zero. He was legitimately a complete non-factor. Had nine shots in total in a seven-game series. You're a first round. Oh, you're not just a first, first overall pick. They drafted him first overall. They drafted this guy first overall. He got no points. First overall, damn it, 
You sound like a Rangers fan, which is weird. I can't believe it. How can you be the first overall pick and not have a single point in the playoffs? It's it's wild. It's it's a it's a wholly wild thing, and it's just it's one of those things that makes you look at it and you go, "Well, now what?" If you're the Rangers, right? Because you basically went all in for this year. You got Patrick Kane. You got Vladimir Tarasenko. You you pretty you did what you could to go all in this year to try and win a cup, and you didn't. You know, so that's that's just something that has to be addressed, obviously, in the off season. But how about those New Jersey Devils, though? That team coming, I, I obviously not like coming back too much. They were only down two nothing at the at the biggest um, game differential there. But when you look at it, they just looked so overpowered. You know, it, yeah. it's it's one of those things where um, you just you just need to respect that the New Jersey Devils can do that. They can turn it on on a dime. The goaltending is solid. Jack Hughes is as advertised. Their offense is powerful. Their defense is locked down. What's your takeaway moving forward here for the New Jersey Devils in these playoffs? Do you think they have what it takes to be a serious contender as these playoffs move forward. Probably, probably, man. I mean, the momentum is just about everything in this play Stanley Cup playoffs, and winning a game seven against your biggest rival when you know a lot of people didn't think you really had a chance. Mm-hmm. Momentum is definitely on their side. Yep. Now, to be fair, to be fair, to be fair, to, to be, be fair, fair, to be fair. Um, Carolina's just been in the dance and for the past five years and they've been, you know, taking their hits and staying focused. And, yeah. you know, it's it's hard to overlook that when you look at the series coming up, i.e. the Carolina Hurricanes, New Jersey Devils. Yeah. But it should be a, another, another slugfest in the Metro, man. It should be. It should be. Um, that's that's just another uh, Metro Madness kind of uh, division final here. Um, all right, we'll wrap up the East with our predictions here. Uh, all right, first uh, matchup here currently going on after two periods. It is the Florida Panthers three, the Toronto Maple Leafs two. Florida, Toronto, seven game series. Who you got? Florida. Florida. I, I'm going yeah. Florida. I yeah. want it to. I want it to happen. I need it to happen. I think it's going to happen. Five. How many games? In five. five. Yes. You're only five. giving the Toronto Maple Leafs one win in this series. Dude, Florida is just that team. You are, and you are a crazy man. You are a crazy I, man. You know that? Yeah. You're a crazy man. I got Toronto in seven. I got Toronto in seven. It's not that you really, to happen. You're really even... bold. To pay, you, you call me crazy. You're bold to say Toronto's winning a game seven. Hey, they 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 just did it, baby. That was game six. No shit, that was game six. Okay, fine, <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Yes, I know the whole Toronto game seven thing. I get that. Yes, Toronto in seven. Get it done. I think it happens. Um. All right, Carolina, New Jersey. Seven game series to decide the Metro. Who you got? Who who won the division? Who has the most? New Jersey? No, Carolina. No, Carolina. I'm gonna go Carolina in seven. I'm also going Carolina in seven, and I I want to go Devils in seven. I do. I have a, I have a very good buddy who's a Devils fan, and I want I want to root for him because I want him to be happy. I do, but I just I can't ignore. Carolina, man, I just I I think it's going to be a great series. And honestly, I think it's going to be one of those kinds of series where going into game seven, even if it is in Carolina, you look at it and you go, I don't know who's winning this game. I think it, it's going to be one of those series, but I'm going Carolina in seven. I just it I, I feel it. And I think Carolina is just the just that just a little bit better than Jersey. All right, we move to the happened, West. Buddy. We move to the Western Conference here. First series to talk about, and and the banger out of the West, some would call it. The Colorado Avalanche and the Seattle Kraken. Seattle getting it done. And it, not only getting it done, 
but taking it to the overall consensus winner out of the West. A lot of people were picking them to make it all the way. Not me, but a lot of people. Um, Seattle getting it done. We both had Seattle to win this series. Um, what was it about the Kraken that kind of uh, pushed them over the edge on a very, very good Avalanche team? I want to look at Colorado. I just think missing Nutrition. Nutrition. There you go. Nutrition. Uh, there you go. I don't have any water. I need some water. Uh, not having Nutrition kind of hurt. Um, not having their captain really hurt. Uh, I think a team that just, you know, is kind of just taking plays for their head coach. I, I know Dave, we, we kind of are on the fence about how great, good of a coach Dave Haxel actually is. Mm-hmm. But this team just plays to their strength, and they are a fast team. They will skate by you. They will, they will, they will counter on their break breakouts their two-on-one odd man rushes and uh i just think that you know you look at some of the players that really stepped up you know yeah i, I mean I, I need to actually look at the the, the names that stood stood up but you know there was just you know um jordan eberly r- r- really was good then again he damn near broke somebody's neck uh that is true that is true <laughs> Let's not forget that bit. Yes. But I just think they were just – they just always – it's kind of like the Florida Panthers. It's just like they believe. They believe. It's rather than just have convincing other people that, that they are legit. They just believe that they're legit. Right. And I think that kind of belief can go a very long way. I mean, we've talked about this before. Momentum matters in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Belief also matters. Belief in your system, belief in what you're doing. And yeah, you could you could definitely argue that the missing Nachushkin was a big key piece as to why Colorado didn't have it. I really just think that they got outplayed left and right. I think Seattle took it to them and they outplayed Colorado in most facets of the game. I I just think Seattle was the better team in this case. And you know, sure Seattle was the uh, wild card one seed here, but they were in that top three in the Central. For most of the season, at some points being in first place. So you knew they had that in them, and it showed in the playoffs. The Kraken getting it done, uh, their second year of existence, getting through the first round in their first playoff experience. Um, Who knows? They might have a Vegas Golden Knights-type run through the West. I don't know. I like to see it happen. I think it'll be fun, but uh, kind uh, kind of a nice thing to get our prediction to go through there with Seattle moving into the second round. Um. This next series, Dallas and Minnesota, I really didn't watch all that much. I'm not. I'm not going to uh, to lie to you. Um, from what I've rewatched and what I've read about the series, it kind of looked like Dallas and specifically Jake Ottinger just kind of took that series and ran with it and got it done. Did you see that uh, Tyler Sagan is a confirmed fan of on the power play because when he was uh, talking about Rupe hints, he used uh, zoom. Zoom. Yeah. Zoom. So it is confirmed that Tyler Sagan watches on the power play. Yes, he does. He is a huge fan of me, Matt Fisher. And, and he's look, like, Zoom, I'm going to use that in the postgame presser. Hell yeah. Zoom. Hell yeah. Look, and, you know, not only is he a huge fan of Matthew Fisher, but Matthew Fisher is a huge fan of Tyler Sagan. Matt Fisher has gone on record as saying I'm Tyler gonna- Sagan is a man rocket. I heard it here first, folks. I'm gonna say that Tyler Sagan is more of a fan of Matt Fisher than Matt Fisher is a fan of Tyler Sagan. You're really dropping that right now. Right as your budding friendship has begun, you're just gonna drop this in his face. Yes, that's so rude. I'm gonna have to tell him, Matt. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna have to tell him. He's gonna listen. He's gonna he's gonna call you. He's gonna be like, Matt, what the hell, dude? Thought we were friends. Yes, but Tyler Sagan confirmed listener and friend of On the Power Play. Uh, feel free to come on anytime, Tyler. We'll talk to you. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, when it really came to the Dallas Stars winning the series, I think they just fully outplayed Minnesota. From everything that I watched, Minnesota looked confused. They didn't know who to put in net. They didn't know where to be. They didn't know how to score. They didn't really know what they were doing out there. And Dallas just looked poised and ready to go. And I think Dallas might be a huge dark horse in these playoffs. I feel like people 
didn't talk about them enough. But you want to talk about a franchise that is copying Toronto? The Minnesota Wild are uh-huh. just a first-round team. Exit like, every single time. Yeah, they're first-round team. That's it. And it's, and it's uh, crazy because I want to keep believing in them, and they just keep showing me why I shouldn't. Shouldn't, yes. Very yes. Toronto-esque, yes. Right. Um, it's tough. But, it's tough for Minnesota fans, man. Don't feel bad for him. <laughs> uh, but uh, do you feel bad for anybody? No, man. It's cut through league. Do you think you feel bad for us? No, no. but that's because we're hated. Exactly. No one hates people from Minnesota. They're kind souls. <laughs> good people out of Minnesota, man. Good, good people. people. They're good people. But um, you just look at. The saying is like your star players have to be your star players. Jason Robertson was great for Dallas. Rupe Ganger was amazing. Was was really really good. Jake Ganger was the goaltender you need to have in the Stanley Cup playoffs in order to win. And your best players need to be your best players, and especially mm-hmm. when Joe Pavelski goes out, you need people to step up. People stepped up. And no one really stepped up for Minnesota. Yeah, this is true. I it just it, it seems like no one was gonna step up for Minnesota either. It's like it was just never. You kept watching, and you were like, "You you're never gonna figure this out, are you? You guys are just gonna skate around, not doing anything productive or with purpose out there." It just it just looked like Dallas had that series under wraps the entire time. So. You know, like I said, I think Dallas is a a dark horse throughout these playoffs. Uh, what what do you think about this Dallas team? Do you think that they have a chance to make some waves here? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, they're a veteran team. They made it to the Cup Finals in the bubble and lost. And their veteran players are like, you know, it's like we don't have much left. It's like we got to really try and find that find that wave to ride. And yeah, this has to be it. I mean. It has to, right? Yeah, you would think. And yeah, Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn are getting older. Uh, but there is that youth movement in Dallas, which is very exciting for that for that fan base. It's almost like you don't get this a lot of times uh, in professional sports and, and hockey specifically where your young talent meshes with the old guard and there's a true passing of the torch. In this case, I really feel like there is a true passing of the torch. Tyler Sagan and Jamie Bender are like, all right, guys, we're getting older. They're probably not going to re-sign us when our contracts are up. This team is yours now, and we're going to see how how deep that can go through these playoffs and moving forward, obviously. But I don't know. This Dallas team, I kind of like them. I kind of like them. Uh, to keep moving forward here, this series also kind of a foregone cl- conclusion, almost a formality that it was played. Uh, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets – uh, again, an, a, just another series where, you know, Winnipeg did have some some bright points, but Vegas completely out, just outperformed them, outplayed them, was the better In the team words of their own Winnipeg coach, they got outclassed. Yep, 100%. And, you know, you, you, as the Winnipeg coach, you're going to say that, like, yeah, we could have we could have done better. We got outclassed. We, we just weren't uh, as good of a team as we can be. We didn't play as such. Look. I think you probably played about as good as you could, and Vegas is just that much better of a team. There's a reason they were first in the Pacific. There's a reason that they had uh, over 100 points. They're just a good team, and Winnipeg just didn't have it. I I just nothing showed me that Winnipeg was ever going to be in this series, and Vegas was pretty much in my mind always destined to win this thing. Um, do you think though that this Vegas team can finally be the Vegas team that wins a cup? No. Yeah, no. no. I don't no, know what it is. No. It's just like Vegas is like in my head. They're like, yes, it's always going to be a good team until eventually they go through rebuild. Maybe who knows? I don't know. But they're never the team that I'm like, ooh, they could win a cup. Could they go to the Stanley Cup? Sure. I I have no doubts this team could make the Stanley Cup. I just don't see them winning one. I don't know what it is about them. They have talent. They have ability. Just I never could see. I can never see them actually truly winning the cup. I don't know what it is. But yeah, it's uh, it's ill time. They don't have. They need a goaltender. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, right now most of the goaltenders are hurt. 
Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, and and that's actually a, a big reason. As you know, when we go into the second round, I have the decision that I have. But uh, let's talk about that last first round series in the West: Edmonton against Los Angeles. Hey, those LA Kings—they they made Edmonton work for it. But uh, Edmonton was the true blue better team in this series. Um, totally. And I I think last week we talked about the Drew Doughty comments, and I think that really lit a fire under Edmonton's ass. And Edmonton got it done. Uh, you you basically love the Oilers. You love Leon Dreisaitl. You love Connor McDavid. What do you? What I do you love think about the this? Oilers. You I love those two though. That talent. that's basically the Oilers right there. There's just the two of them. That's basically the whole team. And Evander Kane. And Evander Kane. You take those two out of this and team, though, they don't make the playoffs. And Ekholm. It's still you take McDavid and Dreisaitl away from this team, they're not in the playoffs right now. So, what did you think about this series? What did you think about the Edmonton Oilers? Oh, Leon Dreisaitl, man. I just can't believe how good this fucking player is. Like, he just has everything, man. Is And I get it. It's like you would talk about McDavid all the time, and rightfully so. He put up 155, 153, 155 points this year. Like, ridiculous. Like that, yeah. yeah, ridiculous. But when it comes to the playoffs and teams are looking to shut their best, the best players down, they were able enough to shut down McDavid, but it wasn't enough to shut down the other one. Leon Dreisaitl was on the ice for every single Edmonton goal. Yep. Wrap that fucking around your head. Yep. Every single goal that they scored, Dreisaitl was on the ice or had a factor in it. In the series, not in a game. In a game, that can happen, but in a no. series. In the series. Yes. In the series. That- in the six-game series. Somebody could really like, I understand all the, the hoopla, the numbers, the way he plays, et cetera, that Connor McDavid's the greatest thing to ice skate since, uh, since Gretzky, uh, that, that Otani, Otani of hockey. Right. But you gotta say Leon Dreisaitl, if Connor McDavid didn't exist, Leon Dreisaitl would be the, the greatest player on the ice right now, hundred percent. And I think that there could be an argue argument to be made that sometimes Leon plays better than Connor McDavid. Now, is it because Connor McDavid's getting constantly doubled and triple team and he's always, everybody's always got eyes on him? Maybe. But I think if you remove Leon from the situation entirely, even put him on a new, on a different team, he's still that same guy. Still that uh, same guy. Yes. And it's because of the factor you just pointed out where he will always play a factor in a goal being scored when he's on the ice. He's always involved. He's always passing. He's always shooting. He's an, a do it all kind of guy. And that's the kind of guy that takes you far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So let's talk about that second round in the West. Here we go. First matchup, we got Dallas, Seattle. They play game one tonight as we're recording Tuesday night. So by the time you're listening to this, game one will already be decided. Who do you got? Seven-game series, Seattle, Dallas. I'm going upset, baby. Are you doing it? I'm riding the Kraken. Oh, my God. You're riding I'm with the Kraken. riding crackheads. the Kraken in six. Oh. In six. In oh, six. Matthew, the crackheads in six. I kind of like smoking it. that. They're smoking that smoking strong that crack. crack. They smoking that Seattle pack right there that out there. Peanut I'll tell you butter what. and crack sandwich. Peanut butter and crack sandwich in Seattle. I. Uh, by the way, we got to talk about sometime. We got sometime. We got to discuss how their mascot looks like he's done crack. Uh, the buoy. I don't know what's going on, but that's that's yeah. a it's a tough look. His breath reeks. He told us. I don't know. Um, breath reeks. He told us it's true. He did. He told. He told all of us here. His breath stanky. Um, yeah. I am also going with the Seattle Kraken. I'm going Seattle in seven. In You're seven. going Seattle seven. Hundred percent. You'd be hard on Dallas, bro. Nah, baby. I love Dallas. Don't get me wrong. I love Tyler Sagan. I love Jake Ottinger. That team is super fun to watch. But there is something about the Seattle team. I don't know what it is. Something about him screams Eastern uh, Western Conference Final, and I. I love that, and I still think it's going to be an incredible series, but I got Seattle in seven. Ooh, already got the upsets going in the West here. It feels weird. Feels Feels weird, weird, but I love it. You and I are agreeing. It does. It feels very weird. We do not agree often, but let's get to that last second-round series to talk about Edmonton and Vegas. Um, Basically, two of your proverbial powerhouses in the West facing off in the second round. So only one will continue forward. Matt, what do you got? You got 
Vegas and their luck and Edmonton and their oil. And their superstars. And their superstars. Uh, going Edmonton, maybe. I had Edmonton in my cup final at Edmonton, Boston. I think only one ha- only one half can make it make it at this point. And I'm still rocking with them. Edmonton. I got Edmonton and uh I'll go six again. I don't think it'll be seven. I'll go six. I have the same exact thing. I got Edmonton God. and six. I'm Fuck sorry. You. I'm sorry. I know we're not supposed to. I know there's only two of us now, so we have to argue to keep people right. invested. But right. I got Edmonton and six, man. I also have Edmonton stand in the Cup Finals. I have Edmonton and Carolina. So my teams are still alive in this thing, and it's 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 looking okay for me. But I also have Edmonton and six. I think they're the better team. They got better goal scoring. I just don't think that the goaltending is going to hold up for Vegas here in the second round. I think you bring up a really good point. They they have good goaltending and like Robin Leonard, but you know, out for the season. So yeah. I just don't think that their goaltending is going to be able to hold up to the onslaught that's going to be uh, beca- uh, coming to them uh, in the Edmonton Oilers and Leon Dreisel and Connor McDavid. I just don't see it holding up. Um, all righty. We got one bit of news to note before we wrap up the episode, some action throughout the league going on right now as the Calgary flames have said goodbye to head coach Daryl Sutter as he is fired as Calgary continues their summer of change. Uh, here's a quote from John Bean, the president and CEO of the Flames. Uh, on behalf of ownership and all of Calgary Flames fans, we want to thank Daryl for his cumulative years of service to the Calgary Flames and to the community at large. Um, uh, that was announced on Monday, so you yesterday think, as of recording. Before, I'm going to cut you off. You think there ever, ever will be a time where the – you know, the president, whoever's writing the goodbye note, will all be like, yeah, fuck this guy. Yeah, I just, I can't see that happening, no. It's as too much professional. As... It's, yeah. it's too much of a professional setting. It's like, because it's like, it's an after effect. It's like, once you do that, it's like, who the hell is going to want to come to your Yeah, who's going to want to play, who's going to want to coach and or play there if they see how the or organization manage, treats people. Yes. Exactly, yeah. But it would be hilarious, right? Yes. It would be so funny if an organization was like, yeah, we're finally hire, uh, firing the head coach that has been absolutely fucking terrible. <laughs> Just puts him on blast in the media would be hilarious. Um, yeah, Calgary is uh, all, is is just continuing on with uh, with changing as they also parted ways on April seventeenth with Brad Tree Living, their GM. So their GM's gone, their head coach is gone, their uh, president of hockey ops is still around, and the owner's still around, the CEO, president um, John Bean, but. You're the Calgary Flames. You have talent on your team, and that talent fell flat. And it was clearly because they uh, Daryl Sutter lost the the room. It was, like that's that's one of the biggest clear cut signs of a head coach losing the room that I've ever seen. Just with how that season ended in Calgary. So where they go from here, I'm not sure. The head coaches, um, you know, we really don't talk about head coaching uh, signings until midway through the summer when that buzz kind of keeps going, but. Right now, Calgary's looking for a, a new voice in the locker room to lead a lot of that good talent that they have there in Calgary. So there was there's rumors has it that uh, Sutter alienated the locker room, which is kind of yeah. like an old school type of thinking, type of coaching, yeah, yeah, type of coaching, and it just it doesn't really work at all, right? And um, and you know it it's weird. I mean, last year. It was like the complete opposite story, and people were just praising Sutter. It's like people wow, it's him. like he was a re- he was the reason that you know everything was working wonderfully, and you know peek behind the curtains that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll probably go with somebody who is like a little bit younger, um, right? I feel like they'll probably go with uh, the assistant coach. Um, I don't know. He was. I think he's with. Uh, he was the head coach of Florida last year, but now is I think the head the assistant coach of New Jersey. Oh, the uh, the interim head coach from Florida. Yeah, I, I forget yeah. his name right now, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I think they might go with him, but then again, I could be wrong, and they might go in a different direction and kind of go with an established guy, and you know. I think either choice could be a good one for this team. I think if they get a younger moldable coach that that could, that could 
prove fruitful for where the organization wants to go. But also, I think that this is a team that might need some structure. So that's something that they could benefit from as well. Right. Um, so, but we'll see tell. where we'll see where they end up going in the summer when the coaches start getting hired and fired, et cetera, et cetera. But that is going to do it for this episode of On the Power Play. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate the hell out of you guys for hitting play week in and week out. We know that missing Adam is going to suck, but bear Beautiful. with us. Matt Beautiful. and I can still deliver good content, we swear. Yes. Um, go ahead and follow Adam on the socials as he's still our head of social media um, on both Twitter and Instagram at on the uh, OTPP pod uh, at OTPP pod on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, go ahead and follow him on Twitch too. Uh, I don't know how much Twitch streaming he's doing right now with the second job, but there's a lot of good stuff on there already from what he's already done on video on demand that you can go ahead and watch. That is twitch.tv slash on the power play again, twitch.tv slash on the power play. As always, thank you so much for listening and we out. <laughs>